watching Impact Radio, informative conversation by coaches for coaches with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Another day ends and you barely scratched the surface of your to-do list. Sound familiar? Either we think way too much of ourselves, or we're letting the day get away from us. Our guest today is Coach Dan Kyoto, and our subject is time management and organization, and I will sit and dutifully listen. Hey there. Hey there. Hey there to you, too. Why, thank you. (laughs) So we are talking today uh, about a topic that I think is super important for all coaches out there, and and in large part because so many of us are um, solopreneurs. We have this thing that we're working on called being home alone in our offices and trying to stay focused. (laughs) I want to say it's epidemic, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure whether it's uh, everybody or not, but I certainly see it between a lot of my students, myself. I certainly have wrestled with this. I'm not a coach and And you wrestle with it. I wrestle with it. Yes. How do we stay? How do we stay in not to make a pun, perfect timing, Dan. <laughs> ah, yes. That's the question. Isn't it, though? So what is it that you're noticing? I mean, you've got your finger on the pulse of this, obviously, uh, about efficiency and uh, really everybody staying on point. What, what, did, what are some of the things you're noticing right now? Well, what I noticed, what I noticed after I wrote the book was that I finally had to put it to bed. And it was hard to do because things just kept happening. I kept reading more articles or had clients that were going through things. And I finally realized that this is never ending. So whenever you think you have it figured out, you don't because there's new stuff coming at you all the time. So I've noticed a few things lately that I've been talking to groups about and my clients about. And I notice a couple things. The one term I'm going to call it worrywartism. I don't know if that's in the dictionary or not. It it should be. (laughs) I think so. It kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. But the worry that what you're doing now is the wrong thing. And that's what I see some people doing. They are working and they'll ask that question. They'll say, well, today I was doing this. Do you think that's the right thing for me to be working on right now? So great question for a coach to explore that, but they really aren't sure. And so recently I read about two different terms. Uh, One is gain items, and the other one is prevent pain items. So all day long we're doing those two things. So with this worry autism, what I – keep telling them is you need to work on gain projects. The gain projects being the things that take focus and you need to spend your time on. And for a lot of us, they're the things that we want to get up and move away from because another shiny object is out there. So so those gain items are really important. And then the prevent pain items are uh, the things that we do that don't take a lot of brain power, but we have to do them or we'll have trouble. The phone's ringing, so I better answer it. That's a prevent pain item. Mm-hmm. The garbage has been sitting there for three days. I better take that out. That's a prevent pain item. And it's not that these things don't have to be done, but 
we're not spending time on the right things and we're not sure what those right things should be. So that's one thing. That for, I for sure. You know, to kind of jump in on that, I think the big question mm-hmm. of the quote unquote right thing is it opens up a, a really big burden. I mean, it, it's almost as if um, there was only one right thing that needed to be done. And in my experience, there are usually multiple quote unquote right things. Um, and so it's okay to recognize that each one of them, I, I suppose, needs its due and that picking one to the absolute exclusion of others uh, is, is actually not a great formula anyway. That's very true. That's very true. And lately when I've had clients that aren't sure what they should be doing, I try to get them, number one, to get away from a to-do list because a to-do list could go on forever. And if you only do a to-do list, then you're going to be continually frustrated because you're not getting those things done. So I, I put them on my perfect priority list of trying to prioritize those things. But beyond that, when I talked to them, I, I said, you know, really it should be like um, City Slickers, that movie, where Billy Crystal asked Curly the Cowboy, what is life? And he said, the one thing. You've got to find the one thing. And I think that's important. It is hard to know what the one thing is. The one way to get around that is to say, okay, there is my calendar for this month. And this week I have five work days that I'll be working. So I want to know what will each day be? What's the one thing that I do each day? And it used to be I was telling people, well, what five or ten things are we going to do? People don't seem to have the focus today. They don't want to spend time on the game project. So I'm just telling them, let's do one thing so that tonight we can celebrate success and move to the next day. And it's, it's much like West Wing, if you watched that program, the president Martin Sheen, at the end of every program, he always said, what's next? So during that show, he handled one big thing. That was the theme of the show. That's what they did. And when it was all done, before that next show, he always said, what's next? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's an approach we ought to take so that by the end of the week, we have five of those things done. Yeah, and I think that that actually begins to flex muscles that expand capacity. Uh, it's really interesting how there there seems to be a dynamic amongst you know grown adults that multitasking and juggling everything is not only desirable but but highly effective and possible. And and I think that kind of leaning off of what you're saying here, it's it's kind of going back to the basics of what is the one thing, the one thing today? Uh, or, you know, if you're highly, highly efficient, what is your one, you know, morning task and what is your one afternoon task? You know, if you really want to get crazy about it, <laughs> woo, right. live it up. Right. Um, but yeah. I think, I think that it expands our capacity. And, and if we take a step backwards and set aside the juggling and the multitasking, and if certainly there's research emerging around this all the time, and get really good at just picking the one, right, the one thing we're going to do for that day, that before too long, 
we actually find we are able to do a bit more and actually really feel good about what we're producing. That's right. And, you know, you mentioned the solopreneurs that we are. It's so essential. There's no one behind us saying, do this next, do that, then, after that. You know, that's not happening. So we have to be the ones to decide what it is that we should be working on. And I think it takes great concentration. Just like in my book, I talk about the surgeon. If you're having the heart surgery, you really don't want your surgeon to go take smoke breaks and check their texts and all that, do you? Yeah, Until no, they not get so your much. Heart back in your body? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I had the opportunity of having a surgery, and I'm pretty sure when the nurse was walking around while I was lying there waiting, saying the doctor wasn't here yet and forgot there was a surgery, it was my surgeon. <laughs> there you go. And I had this this nasty feeling in the pit of my stomach that is she going to be rushed? <laughs> Please don't be rushed. Please don't be rushed. <laughs> well, and the other th yeah, you hope your surgeon's having a good day, I think. But it it's funny the I do some work in operating rooms. I've always liked surgery. And so I have a hospital that they let me observe surgery with a surgeon I work with, a heart surgeon. And they dress me up like a doctor. Uh, I'm always hoping that I don't know the person right before they go under, so they think I'm the one operating. But I'm just <laughs> observing. I'm just observing. But what I noticed was that everybody knows what to do next. It's like a cruise ship where everyone knows how to do what they have to do, and let's get ready for the next passengers. Same way in an operating room. But the other thing I notice is they create a fun culture, and it helps them with the time management of everything. The surgeon likes a certain type of music, and so they play country or whatever he or she wants to listen to. And so I think we have to do that as solopreneurs to set up the office, you know, do some feng shui, make it a pleasant place so that you really do want to stay there and do the work. I think that's important. Absolutely. It's funny. Uh, I just saw a picture yesterday. I was just telling Vince this. Um, there was a snapshot of Thomas Leonard's workstation circa 2001. And it was uh, these uh, four tables, these four kind of uh, banquet, short banquet tables, uh, all arranged in this cube shape to where he was pretty much surrounded on all sides. And, and I immediately... You, you mean the folding kind, Yeah, right? the folding tables. The little yeah. folding tables, okay. Yeah, Ooh. and I thought to myself at the time, I kind of got that, that ooh. <laughs> that seems simplistic, but very efficient. And I, I you know, here I am thinking, right. to, thinking to myself how much differently I might feel if I changed to that setup. And I think that that's, that's part of it. What you're talking about there is the the physical environment of our focus and the mental environment and how important they play together. That's right. That's right. Well, I think you need the perfect working atmosphere for you. And part of my life, I helped design some offices and I always wanted to make them a place that reflected that person and was very comfortable. But the other thing that's at work that you need to remember is don't do all your work in the office <clears throat> because um, to think differently, you maybe should go to a different room. I'm working on an intense project right now with one client, and I have another room 
in my home that I'm working on that because I want to think a little differently than just sitting here at my desk. Mm. And, and as I mentioned in the book, it's these times that we unplug a little bit or even just taking a walk outside. Those are the times that you get really creative and you think of the things you need to do on your game projects. You really have some revelations. Yeah, there are lots Terry, of... Terry, Go ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned that multitasking. Yeah. And I, I do a thing with my clients now that um, the listeners uh, may want to try. And that is write down on a piece of paper, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Now, the key is it's not so hard to spell because every time you get to a... a whether you're not sure if it's an I or an A, it's an I. So it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And if you want to cheat, have it somewhere. But just write it out on a line. Then underneath, put the number of letters in supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So you're going to write it out. And then underneath, you're going to write 26 letters, I believe, for what it is. So that's an example of you concentrating doing two things I gave you. Now I want you to do supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and the numbers. I want you to do one letter and then a number and write that out on a line at the bottom of the paper. So it'll be S1, U2, and what happens to people is, I love watching them because they'll say, was I on a number or a letter? Oh my gosh, this is frustrating. I don't know where I was. And that's multitasking. That's Mm -hmm. why you want to stay away from it. When you had to do both, you were multitasking. But when I just gave you to write the word and write the numbers, that's concentrating. And I, I think that's what we're missing. I would agree. I would agree for sure. You know, there's an interesting piece to this that you said about uh, changing your environment, uh, kind of to help change your thinking. Uh, there are lots of solopreneurs, coaches in particular, who do believe they get up in the morning and they go into their office space, wherever that is. Um, and it may or may not be well designed for them. You know, I mean, there, uh, I remember who it was, uh, I think it was Brendan Bruchard who uh, periodically posts a picture of himself at a TV tray sitting next to his bed, which is where he started. And, you know, it doesn't take very long before you outgrow that and say, I can't do this anymore. This is really not my, you know, <laughs> this is not my thrive space. Right. But uh, the they they have this space that may or may not be really well designed. And they think, okay, I'm going to go into this space, get all of my work done, and then come out of that space. And I just really want to echo in how important it is what you said, is which is change it up. Because the benefit of going out for a cup of coffee in the morning and taking an extra 30 to 40 minutes to sit at your favorite coffee house and do a part of your work there, and then return how much it changes and refreshes your mind and your energy and increases your efficiency. I mean, it's just, it's like night and day. Um, my personal, my personal favorite has always been, and, and people chuckle when I say this, but if you ever really want to change your perspective, go to a really high end hotel, get, get yourself dressed up, bring your stuff, go to a higher end hotel and sit in the lobby 
for a couple of hours. Maybe order a coffee and have them, you know, bring it to the little side table where you're at uh, and watch the comings and goings. It's such an interesting environment and uh, generally speaking, very, you know, lush and uh, it, it's again, it's another mind changer that you can indulge in for free and then go home in an hour. <laughs> it's it's amazing how much it, it changes. Here I thought I was crazy. I do that. Yeah, <laughs> now, I, I do too. I know I'm okay. You're because, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do that at the Ritz Carlton here in Naples and I love to do that. Yeah. That's, it, it just, and also I, I talk about lately getting on the, the 30 plan. 30 minutes, work intensively for 30 minutes, and then unplug. Now, you could unplug for 30 whole minutes. I've had success with doing 30 minutes of concentrated activity and then pulling back to about 10 just to go get an espresso or something, and then 30 more and then back. It's very similar to what we teach in fitness about running. You know, you can run at your normal pace, and that's good for you, But when I run, I like to do 30 minutes or at least, uh, well, 30 minutes of running, do a little sprinting, and then pull back a little bit, a little more, then pull back. And the benefits to your body are better. And I think thinking about a a 30 plan is a better way to go. And I keep the timer in my office. Amen, timers. Once an hour for me. And it just means, okay, one more hour is... Gone. Are you going to make the next one effective or not? Exactly, because you're a choice. Well, and speaking of timers, I'm noticing we're about at that time where we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy, offering life coach training and certification in over 20 specialty categories life, business, couples, health and wellness, and more. Courses can be completed as self-paced study, live teleclasses, or in-person intensives. Just like our radio program, Impact Coaching Academy is by coaches for coaches. Sign up now for your free membership and receive over 30 hours of training and programming worth thousands of dollars, yours to listen to and enjoy, absolutely free. Then set your own path for growth with courses that are starting soon. Check the calendar to see the current offerings. Impact Coaching Academy. Be a part of the impact at impactcoachingacademy.com. And coming back, uh, you were talking about timers before our break. I am such a huge fan of timers. And one of the things that I like to work with clients on, and since most of my clients are, in fact, coaches, I find this particularly relevant to this conversation, is I, I encourage them to spend an entire week with a timer and to set it for intervals. Now, some, some folks, I say, set it for every hour. Some folks, I say, set it for every half. And there are some folks, really folks who are struggling to stay focused. I say, set it for every 20, every 20 minutes. And when that, when that guy goes off, all I want you to do is sort of look up and just ask yourself, what am I doing? And is it, is it, does it need to be done by me? Does it need to be done now? And what do I want to do next? And then if you want to keep going, great with what you're doing, fantastic. But if not, 
you get these little speed bumps to kind of reset you and kind of give you that moment's pause to say, oh, checking in, conscious, become conscious about what you're doing. I am a huge fan of the timer. I have people who have actually gone out and invested in these crazy watches and app programs I have never even heard of because they, they find that the timer thing works so well for them. That's right. I, I love it. I think it's great. And, and when you pause to ask what I call the perfect question, is what I'm doing right now the perfect use of my time? Because if it's not, you have time to make a little adjustment. If it is, you need to give yourself a physical pat on the back. Because again, nobody's there in your office saying, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, you might be on your own. So I think it's important to commend yourself for doing the right things with time. Absolutely. Kind of keeping that little success and appreciation log. That's right. That's yeah, right. for sure. Well, so what are, what are you noticing are some of the other trends in, uh, I say time management, but maybe it's really focus management. I mean, what do, what do you even think about that? Kind of just leaning into that as a concept. Well, I think that in terms of keeping focus, that um, we've talked about some things that will help you do that, whether it's the timer or whether you list for the day what the goal is. You know, sometimes I'll do that in seminars. I'll put the goal of the seminar right in front of us so that we never miss it. Well, there's nothing wrong with doing that in your office, um, put, putting that up there so that you know that is the goal today. That's the one thing I want to accomplish. But in doing that, I think one thing you have to do is you need to start figuring out what to say no to. Mm. So I, I call it just say no, because there are so many things that we, being customer service oriented, we're coaches, we want to help people, we're just saying yes to anything. <laughs> Sometimes, and, and I think we need to figure out what can we remove from our day so that we can stay focused on what we do. So I think it's important to um, remove that focus um, or remove those things that we shouldn't be doing in many different ways. For instance, did I sign up for this group that I said that I would do, and it really is not something I should be spending my time on. And once, once a week, I go through my email to figure out who I'm going to delete. Not a person, but these services, these ads, these things that come in. What am I going to decline? What am I going to unsubscribe to? And that has helped me. Now I probably have, at any given time, only one screen of emails that I'm observing, but I get rid of those things. And another thing that... I think is important is these game projects we talk about, these things that are so important, we don't even have them in our agenda for the day. We don't yes. have them in our calendar. So here I've said this is a game project that could bring me some great clients if I could just figure out this concept. If I ask you if it's in your calendar, you'd probably say, no, no, I, I do that when I get to it. I'll get to it. And the thing is, you're never going to get to it. Because if it's not in your calendar, when someone calls to book something, you're going to put something right there 
in the time that was for your game project. So I really feel people should book it in their calendar, and unless it's an emergency or it's something that's a big client or or a, a coaching client that has an issue that you have to talk about right now, if it's that, I understand. But if not, you need to feel free to say, I have an appointment then. And you do. It's with yourself to get that project done. I'm so glad you talk about that because um, I also, again, working with student coaches uh, time and time again, I will say, uh, you know, go out and, and seek some practice clients and set aside time for this and time for that. And they, they're very eager and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But it never leaves the state of uh-huh and turns into something on the calendar. And then the next kind of speed bump that I find that people do is they, they will set aside a block of time in their calendar that says I'm quote unquote working from 10 to 2 but then they don't fill in what any of that specific work is. So when they hit 10, they're staring at a blank block and they like, then they go into overwhelm. Well, what do I put in here? Well, now I've only got four hours. Well, how much, you know, as opposed to as things come up, populating those, those blocks with, so, you know, next Tuesday I'm working for 10 from 10 to two and the three objectives I want to accomplish during that that 10 to two block are this, 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 um, so that they can prepare for it. And, and, and I know you've seen the same thing, but here's my question is what do you think is our resistance? Probably almost as a, as a species, because I think it is so human for us to resist getting ourselves that thoughtful about our days, our times and our schedules. That is such a good question because I just read an article about that that talks about why we resist things and why we don't do them. And it said that it's because we don't think that we can. Mm. We doubt ourselves. We doubt that we can do that. And I thought about that and I thought, wow, that's a big challenge to coaches Mm -hmm. because we want to make sure that our people are making behavioral changes to to help them but we doubt that we can do it so we have to operate in a different way i'm going to tell you about something that i used with one client at the end of last year and now i use it with everyone because it's so interesting he was a new ceo he's brilliant he is so well read and he's just a superstar but the one thing he told me one day He said, you know, there are these things that I know I should be doing as a CEO, and I'm not doing them. And he said, I want you to hold me accountable. I said, okay. Tell me what you're not doing. And what I discovered was, just like all of us, we do the things we're great at, that we're genius at, and that's good. But the other stuff that might be important for us to do, well, we're busy with the urgent stuff, not the important So what I asked him was, I said, what are the five things, give me five things that you should be doing as a CEO. And he listed them. One was prospecting. One was um, working with his present clients. He gave me five things. I said, okay, I'm going to list these five things, and I'm going to send you this piece of paper. 
By each five, I have a block, an empty block. I want you to fill this out each day and demonstrate for me that you did something in each of these areas, these five key areas that you said you should be doing every day. And it worked well. And so I started to do it with all my clients. I said, tell me about the things you should be doing every day. So they, they gave me from 5 to 12. 12 was my longest one. We did the boxes. All my clients had them. And I did it too because I can fall into that. We, we sometimes avoid the things we know we need to do. And here's what happened. I did it for three months straight, and I no longer fill it out. I just look at it once a week mm -hmm. because I'm doing all those things now. So it's like it's a recreation of me, and I'm hoping for my clients too. It's like a different person. It's, and, and I think that's it. We need, it sounds silly to say, okay, I, I need this list that tells me what I'm supposed to do. Well, if you're avoiding it, maybe you do. Yeah. So I, right there. I call it the daily success map. And, and, and I'm glad to share it with anyone who wants that. Absolutely. And, and we'll make that, uh, we'll make that available for our listeners. As a matter of fact, they can uh, visit us uh, on the web and, and pick that up as a download. So we'll, we'll uh, share that web address here in just a minute. But uh, I think that what you're tapping on right there, Dan, is, is that belief that uh, there's something quote unquote, weak or wrong with me, if I need that much structure, if I need to be um, spoon fed my day or, or whatever the belief is, because I've seen people so, so resistant to getting this organized. And I do believe that you, you are accurate, that there is an underlying belief, oh, I couldn't sustain it. I just can't do that um, kind of thing. But I think that there's a secondary belief in there that there is inherently something wrong if you need that much structure. And the, and the reality is, is that if you're not accomplishing what you want, the way that you're currently going at it, then it would only make sense that you might actually need that much structure. And, and I don't think that there's any negative aspect to that. Does that make sense what I'm saying? There's, yes, it does. There's nothing negative about that. You know, the they always talk about the plumber who's the best plumber ever, but he has leaky pipes at home. Right. <laughs> well, as coaches, if we think about it, we're telling all of our people, we want to help you get to your next level. We, we want you to achieve what you want to achieve. And yet, are we saying to ourselves, okay, I don't have it all figured out. I'm good at what I do, but by not doing those things, I'm not going to be the person I could be, that stellar coach. And that's what's awaiting you if you do these things that take you to your next level. And uh, the thing about the daily success map is you know that you're getting better when you need to change out some things because there are new things on the horizon that you have to now master. And to me, that shows that we're moving closer to self-actualization. Absolutely. And, and that is a, a great place for us to stop. And, and I think the, one of the final takeaways for me that I hope our listening audience really gets is that there is, dear coaches, there is a direct correlation between your relationship with 
priority management, focus, time management, and the rhythm and flow that you create for your your own tasks and workday, there's a direct correlation between how you do it and how well you're going to be able to support your clients. So if you really have the intention to thrive as a coach, then you have to thrive as a person first. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to have already arrived at your per- perfect, you know, perfect spot at all. That does not what that means. But it does mean that you need to be consciously aware of how you're doing and working on it, putting these tips and techniques into, into place, you know, uh, these things that Dan has brought to, brought to light and, and certainly other things that can serve you, uh, if there is a correlation. So that's my final takeaway that I hope our listeners have. Dan, anything you want to close with? No, I, well, I do want to say that time management sounds like such a heavy subject. And yet, if you just take a look at how you handle your time and think about the changes you want to make and just do one at a time and have fun with it, you know, take something that could look pretty dull and make it delightful and, you know, Thank yourself for all these things that you're doing differently now and enjoy enjoy your day because you're becoming more and more efficient. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to turn things back over to Vince to close us out. Man, what the heck? I have time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches one week from today with Frankie Dorn and Terry Hayes. Coaching Impact Radio is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with over 30 hours of complimentary materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoachingacademy.com. And of course, join us and access the growing archive of programs at Coaching Impact impactradio.com. Join us next week, same time and place, as we continue the coaching conversation. I'm Vince Hayes. Bye-bye, everyone.